0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three Stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey everyone, this is Laz Jackson of Detroit Bad Boys, and on this week's podcast, we are talking about the doldrums. The off-season is out in full force. Ben and I talk about the Pistons signing Christian Wood, Andre Drummond practicing his threes, and then we have an announcement for our listeners. As always, we appreciate your continued support of the podcast. The best way to do that is to share, subscribe, and leave comments. Uh, Please leave comments in the the discussion post on Detroit Bad Boys. That's the best way for us to build the podcast according to what you all are talking about. In order to do that, though, you have to follow DetroitBadBoys.com, which you should be doing, because it's the best place on the internet for Pistons news and analysis this offseason. With all that said, it's time to go to work. Welcome to the Detroit Bad Boys podcast. I am your host, Lazarus Jackson. I am pleased today to be joined by my usual co-host, Ben Gulker uh, Ben, how are you doing?
1: Doing great. Um, I'm a dad again for the second time, so uh, super excited. Uh, got a little baby boy. He's going to be the biggest Pistons fan there is this season, so uh, it'll be fun. But yeah, going into the summer doldrums basketball-wise, but Pistons did a few things, so I'm anxious to unpack those before we maybe go quiet for a little while.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I can't imagine all the uh, Pistons onesies you're about to receive. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. So the, the first thing I want to talk about today was the, uh, I guess, the biggest thing that happened since we've uh, we last potted the uh, Pistons signed Christian Wood to a uh, two-year minimum deal. Uh, he's a younger big man who does a little bit of everything. He's a he's a good dive man and dunker. He's a good rebounder, he's a good shot blocker, he even shot a couple threes in his time in, in New Orleans. Um, it was uh it was really interesting to watch his highlights because uh most of the time he spent in the actual NBA last year was with the uh New Orleans Pelicans and uh it was towards the end of the year when you know like it's march the pelicans weren't going to make the playoffs they had, had shut down a bunch of guys on the roster and so yeah, i was looking to see like how much of a looter in a riot he he was like just a guy who was out there like getting his but I, you know he seemed to be a guy who's understanding of his role a guy who uh, was playing an an effective role for for that team but i also noticed that he wasn't really playing like a true center role. He was playing next to Julio Okafor, but he was playing you know, next to Stanley Johnson at four. And so, uh, Ben, what what kind of role do you envision Christian would playing for the Pistons?
1: Yeah, this is a really interesting acquisition. Um, I think I really like it. Um, In terms of role, he doesn't look like a true center when he plays, that's for sure. Um, All the stat sites kind of have him listed as a power forward in spite of the fact that he did play some of those center minutes in smaller lineups. Um, but, you know, I think the question is, he he looks like he's going to be competing for minutes with Markeith Morris and potentially Thon Maker, right? Um, statistically, like when I dove into his numbers right away, I was actually super intrigued by what he did with New Orleans at the end of last season. Obviously, you take that with a big grain of salt for two reasons. One, it's a pretty limited set of minutes that we're looking at Two, as you mentioned, the Pelicans had kind of given up on the season. So, um, you know, opportunity for a guy like wood to just kind of get out there and play basketball without fear of losing minutes. Right. So maybe he's taking up a few more shots than he might otherwise, but um, I'm intrigued by this signing. I really am. I, I think um, at a minimum, he gives you another body, which the Pistons absolutely had to have. I'm glad they went and, and closed that hole. Uh, and I think this is a much more interesting signing than just getting some random veteran like Zaja Pashulia for, for the vet men. I think you, you take a flyer on a guy who's young, looks like he's capable of at least going out there and um, dunking and rebounding. Um, what I don't think I got a sense of from basically the highlight reels that I saw was, you know, the plays where he wasn't directly involved in the play, right? So I, I don't really know for sure how good of a team defender he is yet. I don't know. Um, what he does in terms of being uh, an off-the-ball screener, or how he moves without the ball—you uh, know, when he's not directly involved in the play—but um, I, but I really like this deal. I think there's a chance for him to uh, maybe carve out some minutes in the backup big rotation. I think that's good for him and his career trajectory. He's been a beast in the D slash G league, and he doesn't look like he's a finished product yet, right? So the Pistons got him. Um, for a couple years where maybe he turns into something useful, you and the Pistons have him for a couple seasons. So hard to say what his role will be. Statistically, he's got some real nice numbers. He's got a great shooting percentage, rebounds the ball well, especially defensively. You mentioned he made some threes. That's all exciting. I saw even a couple plays where he put the ball on the floor after declining a three or maybe shot faking and finishing inside. So all of those skills are, are pretty intriguing. Um, he's got, obviously, as I mentioned, two veterans. He's got to beat out if he wants a bigger role than just, you know, kind of third center and Markeef Morris and Thon Maker. Um, but I think he'll he'll legitimately get the chance to, to compete for a minute. So I'm excited. Uh, what do you think about this signing, Wes? Is, is Thon Maker a veteran now? Is that <laughs> is that where we are? Relative to Wood and his, like, 40 <laughs> games of minutes, right? Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point uh yeah like you mentioned would uh, put up really insane numbers in the g league he averaged 29 points and 14 rebounds in like 30 plus g league games now i will say like those numbers sound really excessive but like a the g league on the whole is not known for a, like superior defense and so it's it's quite easy to score a bunch of points in the g league and b uh if you are as Christian Wood appears to be, if you are a NBA rotation player, the G League, like at, at Big Man, the G League does not have a place for you. Like there's nobody in the G League who can stop you. If you're seven feet and you can walk and chew gum, like you're playing in the NBA, like not in the G League anyway. And so I'm, I'm those numbers are probably like really, really inflated. I'm thinking about like last year when the Grand Rapids Drive would bring in like John Horford off the bench to play center and like. How, how that? Uh, not to say the Horford is like a bad player, but he's definitely the he's definitely like an undersized, skill based five, which is the type of guy like Christian Wood should absolutely eat alive inside, and so it, it makes sense that his numbers are so good. Um, as far as, as as what I think his role should be, um, I'm very curious. I think you know it's, I think Marquise Morris is definitely going to be uh, in the back of big man rotation, and so he'll he'll be fighting Thon Maker. And, you know, we've we've gone back and forth about Thon uh, over his time here. Uh, he acquitted himself very well initially uh, when he was hitting shots and uh, playing next to Andre Drummond and being impactful uh, that way. But as time went on, you know, um, they relied on him a little bit more at, at the center position, and I think it's clear that he'll, he'll never – or he hasn't been, and it's uh, unrealistic to expect him to be um, the kind of impact player on the glass – Given his, uh, given you know the way he is with his how big his hands are and how skinny he is, and so you know Christian Wood is going to be fighting with Don Maker for minutes next year, maybe, uh, depending on you know how both of those guys play in training camp. Um, I think Don will be given every opportunity to, uh, to you know, entrench himself in that backup big man role. Uh, the Pistons, you know they he's a he's a lottery pick they traded another lottery pick for him and so and you know um last year uh there were times when maybe John lore would have been a better option and and they still uh believed in Thon enough to play him over a guy like John lore and so you know that gives the indication that Thon's Thon's their guy um and so you know we'll, we'll see how that battle goes out in in training camp I know I've said, you know, Don's got to either gain, like, 15 pounds of muscle, the, the fabled 15 pounds of muscle that all the guys gain over the offseason, or he's got to start shooting, like, 40% from three. And, like, either one of those things is good. Well, I mean, Christian Wood isn't going to shoot 40% from three. I think he's going to shoot, like, in the, in the 30s, in the low 30s, to be to be more specific. But, you know, as a rim runner, as a uh, – shot blocker who looks a little bit more in control of his uh faculties than than Thon Maker and you know as a as a re- as a rebounder on the offensive and defensive glass um you know th- there's reason to believe he can definitely like push Thon uh for a time. And I want to go back to to one more thing you mentioned um the the choice of Christian Wood over some of the other uh, potential uh free agents available to the Pistons um you know a guy like Kufis, who uh, we've talked about in the past um, you know a guy like Joachim Noah uh, a guy like Red Monroe like these are all guys we've we've discussed on the podcast before but uh, i am excited that the pistons um, tried something a little bit new and tried something a little bit unknown and and they're in, in their searching for um, you know infusions of talent right like if you uh, if you signed a, a Costa Kufis or a Joachim Noah like you knew what you were going to get and that was definitely going to like establish like a good baseline, but you you didn't necessarily expect, and it was unreasonable to expect, you know, like superior play out of those guys. Those guys were just going to be solid backups. You know, if a guy like Christian Wood continues to pop and continues to play the way he did last year, like you you found a a younger, cheaper um, backup center for for a very long time, and like that that's something that also can be know pretty valuable in today's nba and it's because you it's because you took a chance on him as opposed to uh going through some of the uh the other options that were available and i, I don't want to refer to a guy like Yokim noah as like a retread but like that was kind of the general thought about like signing a guy like him is like okay like he's gonna it's it's much the same as bringing in zaza Pachulia last year right like you know exactly what you were going to get from zaza and it wasn't going to be um that much uh, offensively and, and defensively, and so you know, I'm I'm pretty excited about the uh, the Christian Wood signing. I think it's a it's an indication of a front office that is operating more like a front office thinking for the short and the long term, as opposed to the uh, Stan Van Gundy helmed front office, which tended to think tended to think more in terms of the the short term than the long term. They made but they made long term commitments to those short term problems. And I think that was uh, ultimately kind of what what helped uh, undo Stan Van Gundy's time in Detroit. Okay. Um, the uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about was uh, uh, the this is how, you know, we're deep in the offseason about to start talking about uh, guys workout videos. Uh, (laughs) Andre Drummond was uh, captured in Las Vegas, uh, practicing uh, his perimeter shot, practicing a bunch of threes. And and he was looking not terrible at it. Uh, I know. Andre got to shoot a bunch of threes at the beginning of last year and that kind of tapered off a little bit but um, you know how do we how do we feel about uh, this glimpse into uh, his offseason workout Ben
1: Well I'm 100% on board and okay with him practicing his three point shot right I mean if you think about his game offensively there's probably two real roles where he doesn't really have a finished product to offer right so his his finished products are the dive man on the pick and roll and sort of the cleanup guy on the offensive glass. And he's very good at both of those things. The only other real roles that are potentials for him are his post game or developing some sort of a a spot up jump shot for a pick and pop or, you know, those possessions where Blake is in the post, right? So I'm 100% okay with him focusing his off season workouts on his three point shot because the alternative is the post game and there's just no room in the Pistons offense for Andre Drummond in the post, right? I mean, it, it's not effective in the first place, but secondly, even if he did improve on that, it wouldn't be anywhere close to as good as Blake Griffin is. So it just doesn't make sense for him to spend time there. So yeah, absolutely, man. Take as many three-point shots as you can. Uh, and if somehow you can develop yourself into a guy who's making you know 33% of his threes or something, uh, and you're still as young as he is, um, maybe you've opened up people's eyes around the league that you're not yet a finished product and, and there's something uh, still to be gained. But, you know, if he's a guy who is consistently knocking down a third of his three point shots, right? Like one, one out of three. Um, I think there's potential for him to be a more viable threat offensively. That's good for the Pistons in the short term when he's playing for them. It's good for him in terms of becoming an asset that could potentially be used in a trade and obviously it could boost his market in terms of his um next free agency right i think the potential downside for detroit and this has been the thing that has been my issue and my concern since day one when he started talking about shooting threes and when casey intimated that that would actually be a part of the offense early on was that he's absolutely the best offensive rebounder on the planet um and if you're out side spotting up for three-point attempts, um, that means you can't be inside banging for position um, to gobble up offensive rebounds and then put back dunks. So, uh, you know, if Andre Drummond develops this three-point shot that's, you know, reliable, um, unlikely as it feels that that might actually be a thing. If he does it, I think the important thing Coach Casey's is going to have to navigate is uh, how do you balance that against the fact that he, he's very, very good around the rim. Right. Both as a finisher, as I mentioned, in the pick and roll uh, and in the offensive class. So the, the big downside is Andre Drumming, Drummond shooting threes takes him away from, um, by definition, the thing he's really the best in the world at doing. And that's crashing the glass and, and finishing that after those putbacks. So, um, yeah, long answer to short question. Keep working on those threes, Dre, because it could add an entire dimension to your game. Um, but don't forget that you're all really, already really, really good at something uh, that can help the Pistons' offense. Uh, and don't forget about that.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's like instructive to remember that Dre is uh, he's still growing as a player, but also that you know the skills that he's trying to develop are useful and in places they're they're useful for uh, his career and his development, but they're also useful for like instilling. Um, a sense of confidence in, in himself, right? Like that was one of the big things that I thought that the acquisition of Blake Griffin did for Andre was kind of take a lot of the leadership, the vocal leadership burden off of his shoulders, um, which is not something that he uh, has taken to uh, like over the course of his career. And so, um, yeah, I think that being him being able to uh, him practicing threes, him being able to shoot, Um, enables him to just be more confident offensively. And and we know that his offense drives his defense. Um, When he's involved in the offense, when he's finishing plays, when he's, uh, even when, uh, you know, two seasons ago, when they were running the offense through him, essentially, he was much more engaged defensively, much more uh, uh, engaged in the goings-on of the game. And so, you know, as long as that appears to be true, as long as Andre's offense, uh, you know, his offensive success spurs his, his defensive effort. I think you you make every opportunity to see, you know, how involved in the offense you can make him. Um, The other thing I'll say is that, you know, practicing threes is not the same thing as, as practicing free throws. And uh, there's like different rhythm and the, you know, the shots different. You're using more of your body versus standing still, but you know, Andre Drummond was a 40% free throw shooter from the line he has turned himself into a 60% free throw shooter from the line. And he's turned himself into a relatively good, like clutch free throw shooter, which is something I like never thought I would say about Andre Drummond. Um, You know, if, if this confidence in just taking shots at all in general causes his free throw percentage to rise to like in the neighborhood of like 65, 70%, like that would be another nice side benefit. Um, If the confidence he gets from being able to, uh, shoot from three causes guys to to close out on him a little bit harder and that opens up lanes for other people or that causes uh, defenders to stick to him a little bit more closely and that opens up space on dribble handoffs or, or pick and rolls that uh that he runs you know like more more power to him it just it's more the more ways he can be utilized offensively the more uh the more threatening he is to the defense and the more ways they'll have to account for him which uh, you know, just putting pressure on a defense is is one of the best things that you can do uh, offensively. And so, yeah, like, you know, uh, there's a lot of I think there's always a lot of like consternation around Dre uh, trying to expand his game simply because like um, because uh, there's so much concern that uh, we like the post up experiment didn't work. Um, but we the there was you know three long years of, of dre's career were spent trying to make that experiment work and, and it just didn't and so there's this idea that maybe like dre's a finished product and he can't get any better and he can't add any more skills when you know that you know he's still he's still quote unquote still only 25 um and so you know there's there's still room to grow like a, as a player and as a and as an offensive threat um I think it's I think it's foolish to say that like the the book is fully written on like the player that Andre Drummond can be can become.
1: Well, absolutely. And take a guy like Brooke Lopez for example, right? I mean, he's he has completely resurrected his career and is probably more valuable as a player now than he ever was, right? Because the the early trajectory of his career was in the post maybe some mid-range jump shots. And now, I mean, the dude shooting from Steph Curry range <laughs> in the playoffs and making, making shots, right? So, you know, not that I want Andre Drummond to try to turn himself into Brooke Lopez. That's crazy, and he never will. But Brooke Lopez is old, man, and there's a lot of time for Andre Drummond to develop a skill that he didn't necessarily show a propensity toward early in his career. And we've got a big man after big man who's been doing that of late as the value of three-point shooting has skyrocketed um, you know as the game changes the other thing I'll mention uh, and I think you're right shooting a free throw is unlike shooting any other shot in basketball but um, for a guy like Andre Drummond um, if he's going to shoot threes he's primarily going to be a set spot up shooter right and the shot that has the most in common with a free throw is the set spot up shot right you're not coming off the dribble and and focusing on elevating to get over a defender. Um, You're not coming off a screen and off balance and figuring out how to get square and then also trying to get an elevate over a defender. Uh, Andre Drummond essentially would be standing still waiting to receive a pass with both feet planted uh, and taking a set shot if he's shooting threes. Uh, And that's the most like a free throw uh, that you can get. So it isn't unreasonable to think that, you know, working on his mechanics in terms of his three-point shot um, could also build some confidence and also uh, lead to some more incremental improvement from the free throw. So that's a long way of agreeing with you, um, but I, I think it's actually a pretty reasonable thing to think because the set shot and the free throw are, are basically the same thing. You're just jumping a little bit with a set shot. So it's a good observation.
0: Thank you. Yeah. All right, Ben, uh, that was, that's pretty much it for, for this week's podcast, but I did want to let the people know before we, uh, we do our sign-offs that this, this will be it for uh, a couple months, uh, you know, in barring any, barring any news, barring anyone get, getting traded, barring anyone getting fired, you know, barring anything, uh, insane. Um, I think this will be a, the NBA season, you know, it has finally kind of come to a close with the conclusion of summer league and the, the slowing of uh, free agency transactions. And so, you know, we'll, we'll be taking a little hiatus. Um, you know, we're not going anywhere. We'll be back, uh, I think in September for the preseason. Um, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about what we're going to do for next season around then. But yeah, like, like Ben mentioned, Ben's got uh Ben's got a little, a little one, a little Pistons fan that uh, I think he uh, would like to spend a lot of time with, and I think his uh, his wife would like him to spend time with that baby <laughs> as well. You know, I've got I've got some stuff that uh, I'm working on that you know is outside of Pistons land, and so uh, yeah, I think I think now is a good time to to formally announce a a short and impermanent hiatus from the podcast. What say you, Ben?
1: I think that sounds like a great idea. I think my wife is also going to be extremely happy about that, as you <laughs> mentioned. In the meanwhile, uh, everyone who listens, thanks for listening, of course. But also, now would be a great time to let us know um, what you think of the podcast. Give us feedback on our existing content. More importantly, um, if there's something you want to see in a Pistons podcast, what is it? Uh, we've got the next couple months, next six, eight weeks to plan it. Uh, leave it in the comments on the blog. Hit us up on Twitter. You know where to find us give us some ideas. Um, we're definitely receptive to it.
0: Yeah, any, anything you guys are interested in, I am also interested in because you guys are the ones who make uh, this podcast happen essentially. Um, all right, Ben, uh, before we go on our, uh, our late summer hiatus, uh, what's the, what's the best way to, for the people to, to reach out to you?
1: Yeah. Uh, if you're interested in some hashtag dad life, feel free to follow me on Twitter. That's going to be the majority of the content for the next little bit at br golker um and then intermittently of course you can find them in the comments at detroitbadboys.com
0: yeah i know it's about to be it's about to be summer at detroitbadboys.com as well we got the the front page story on blake's appearance on jimmy fallon it's like yep yeah <laughs> we are, <we> are settled <laughs> yeah, the doldrums dul-
1: dul- are real right now
0: <laughs> i think we've got i think we've got some some stuff coming up for you guys that you guys will like but is uh you know not purely about basketball which is good like this is a good time for us to relax and and uh, enjoy all the stuff about the NBA. That's not necessarily about basketball. Um, and while we're doing that, you can follow me, uh, and talk to me about what you want the podcast to look like on Twitter at last chance. That's at L-A-Z-C-H-A-N-C-E. Uh, you can, um, you can also hit me up in the comments of any of the discussion posts of the podcast. Um, I check those out occasionally. And so, uh, yeah, if you have any ideas or anything, you know, just hit us up and let us know. All right. With that, Uh, This has been the Detroit Bad Boys podcast, and we will talk to you guys in September.
1: Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com.